0: Hello everybody, this is Michelle Hayward and Casey. Atha here. We are, you know, here as usual, but not as usual. So today, actually for the next few weeks, we are going to be addressing um, racism, anti-racism, but more specifically, what does an ally look like? Okay, in, a, in the workplace more specifically, um, getting a lot of questions about what does that look like, how to address the messages sent from employers or the non-messages sent from employers, um, and how to be more like Ben and Jerry's. So we're, we're gonna talk about that over the next few days um, the next few weeks, because being an ally is not a one and done thing; it is a consistent process. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to get into it, and and I'm gonna have Casey kick it off, and really just and when we say ally, we're literally saying all capital letters A L L Y because there's an acronym for that. And what does that look like um, for someone who is an ally who is going to do the work. So, um, so Casey, I'll let you, let you get started.
1: All right, Michelle, I'm going to start us off by doing a battery check. I just want to model this new practice that I'm doing. Um, I'm asking folks to think of themselves as a battery, like a cell, your cell phone battery or something that you use a lot, your computer, whatever. Um, we need to recharge and we need to connect with folks and understand where they are and where we are. So the first thing I would like to do is just say, okay, what battery charge am I bringing into this? If I'm at a 20, I better rush to go get some recharge. If I'm at a 50, okay, I'm fine. But I'm probably not gonna have a long FaceTime conversation on my cell phone if I only have 50, I need to plug in. Um, if I'm at 75, I'm feeling good. I can run multiple programs and I'm taking action. I'm doing a lot of stuff. Um, so with that in mind, Michelle, I'm gonna ask you to see what your battery charge is. My battery charge I have not even thought about. so let's just do a live. Let's see where am I feeling? I'm feeling 55. I think that's where I'm at right now. 50% is about like, I feel good. 55 is like, I feel like I can do more, I want to do more, I'm energized. Um, Yeah. So that's about where I'm at. And the top that I've been since quarantine started is about 75%. That's just straight up the top I can get. And that's doing a lot of self-care.
0: So that's where I'm at. I'm probably at 40%. Um, That's lack of sleep, for sure. Um, A lot of emotional, mental energy in responding to the needs of the women in my community, um, whether they're Black women who are like, hey, this is the message I've sent, I've posted, I've shared in terms of my org, to Latina who are speaking up in the workplace as well, um, to organizations who are looking for what do I say or counter what was said within my employer. It It is so many, and, and employers who, that's a whole other story, because a lot of you are gonna have um, attrition. If you thought you had, the pandemic was going to keep your attrition low, I can tell you, it is probably has changed drastically right about now. Um, So you really need to pay attention um, to the things we're gonna be teaching and sharing if you want to keep your attrition low um, and not only listen to it, but take action with it because I can directly tell you, the messages I'm getting are, I need a new job immediately. What do you have available? Do you partner with anybody in this city or state? Um, So it is highly, highly important if your black employee base matters to you, because the things that are coming out now are going to have long-term impacts on your not only your company culture but your ability to retain your talent as well as attract new talent so so that's really um, important and telling for a lot of employers right now um your messaging or lack thereof and what what really is an ally so Let's get started. Let's start with the the A. What's the the A in Ally?
1: Okay. So we're doing an acronym, A-L-L-Y, as you said, and the A is becoming aware. So awareness precedes action. You must be aware that there is a problem. You must be aware that you want to fix it or that you don't want it to exist anymore. You must be aware of how you are connected to the current situation because we all are. We don't get to choose what we are or not a part of if we're not aware. So we will just be upholding racism without awareness. And that, my friends, is unacceptable. We now see in our faces every single day and we've been shown that every single day But now it has come to a boiling point. So we need to raise our awareness around society's patterns of oppression and very specifically around black bodies, around black communities being under-resourced. And how do we contribute to that? Even so much as just ignoring it, not understanding it, saying, well, you know, I don't have time to read that article or it doesn't affect me. Oh, honey, it does. This is our community. If we cut our left hand, it starts bleeding. Do you think the right hand's like, oh, well left hand, you didn't come help me. I'm not gonna come help you. That's silly, we are the same body. Okay, so that's A.
0: So so that (laughs) that awareness is, okay, it's not ignoring what is being said. You're aware now, it's combating things that you never, knew exist, you thought didn't exist, you thought was very limited. But there are multiple voices, millions of voices now telling you, no, this is real. And so in that awareness, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Acknowledge that as well, because you're going as an ally come up against that again and again. So what what are those societal patterns that you're seeing? So when we look at awareness um, and we look at societal patterns, we often talk about or I often talk about employment issues, right? So I want you, for those of you who are in the workplace, whether you're in dni HR, you're a hiring manager, I want you to look at your employee base and look at those who have traditional education and those who do not those who have degrees that are specific to their job roles and those do not. And as you move up, especially into technical roles, you will find out, especially among black women, they're highly educated, but they're reporting to somebody oftentimes who is not as educated as them, who has not had to go through as many interviews, who are not as doubted about their education and technical ability. Look at the things that are asked of them in the workplace. How often are they asked to do admin duties? How often are they assumed to be the admin at best, right? They may be asked if they're the cleaning staff. So literally take those instances like I've never been asked to get coffee. Well, you know, but women are oftentimes the admins don't use that be aware of what you're seeing and what they're telling you, all right? Okay, so let's go into the first L.
1: Okay, the first L is listen. So we need to listen, and a lot of folks are becoming aware that we need to listen, Um, but I think part of listening that gets forgotten is that oftentimes we will do something called devil's advocate, or we will interrupt or we will question people and ask them to provide more evidence, et cetera. And that's not listening. Listening is deep focus listening. And then you can ask permission to say, hey, can I reflect this back to you and tell you what I think I heard? Because sometimes when our brains have not heard of something before, or it's just totally out of what we're used to, what our normal is, that we cannot process it. It's confusing, it's difficult, and it usually attaches to like, prior knowledge that we've already gained. So if you have been living in a world where you think we're post-racial or it's not that bad or whatever the story is in your head, there will be resistance, cognitive resistance. But that cognitive resistance towards a person who is telling you that they are experiencing oppression will cause them more harm. So you need to listen. And if that devil's advocate comes up, go Google it afterwards. Don't do it on them. They are giving you the gift of sharing their experience. That is a gift. They don't have to do it. That's it.
0: Okay. So I don't I'm not sure what was the last thing. We were talking I- about
1: listening and not interrupting and <laughs> not questioning and if our brains are starting to do the devil's advocate this doesn't make sense. I really want to push back on this person. I would do one of two things. I would do number one: when you're listening to someone share an experience that you just, your brain is having difficulty wrapping its mind around, um, its understanding around, then number one, ask if you can reflect it back to them. Say, "Can I reflect back what I think I heard? I I just want to make sure that like you can clarify the parts that I don't understand." Ask, or they say, "No, I don't want to repeat all that stuff." Fine. Recognize what it is that isn't making sense and Google it because if you go back to the person who's sharing their lived experience and they don't want to Prove themselves rightfully so sometimes it's exhausting to constantly explain things Then go to Google figure it out or maybe follow some of these folks on social media That are sharing a lot of information a lot of great information so those are the two things ask if you can reflect it back to, to check for your own personal understanding as an ally because you want to deeply understand them, not because you want to convince them of something else. Or number two, go Google. If they're tired, they don't want to do the whole explanation.
0: Absolutely. I guess I jumped ahead a little bit, but it worked out because we lost connection. So <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, to that, listening. Yeah, listening is is active. It is it is active and when you are listening you're taking in like she said you're not questioning you can do the research yourself but it's also important that you are open to listen meaning you can't be doing other things you have to be committed to stopping not answering the phone not replying to email shutting your laptop down putting your phone on mute be completely present when you're listening like you didn't know let's say when the conversation started that it was going to go in a certain direction then stop what you're doing and still actively listen it it truly is and when i tell people i'll be 43 next month as cause somebody just noticed on the calendar, my birthday was, but when I tell them I saw the KKK march, they was like, oh, but you're in South Carolina. I said, yeah, but I saw the Confederate flag fly in Illinois, or I've seen, you know, the result of police brutality in Pittsburgh. And I've seen this in Oklahoma. Then it's like, oh. And so if they had actively listened to me in the beginning, I'm then going through more of my trauma Mm -hmm. of the things that I've experienced to prove to them that what I said is true. Mm -hmm. Do not put black people in that position again to relive that. Do your own research. Talk with other people who work in this space to understand um, to help you understand and grow better as an ally, so actively listen. Mm-hmm. All right, that's right. All right, next L. Yes, the next L. Okay, so the next L is all an ally keeps learning about group and power dynamics affect the what the people the way people are perceived. So an ally keeps learning about how group. And power dynamics affect the way people are perceived. Mm -hmm. So when you're thinking about that, um, when you're looking at groups, what do you see when you look at Black people versus non-Black people, right? Even if it's other people of color. And what are those biases and those those systematic um, racial things that come about. Uh, it, we always have this saying, black people, it was like, oh, black people are lazy. I was like, we were lazy after, suddenly after slavery, after we were free labor, we weren't free labor, right? So what are those things that people are saying that are, that you're like, that doesn't quite make sense, right? So you're, you continue to learn and see how those the things that you are taught, right, are not necessarily true, especially when it comes to systematic racism. Um, Crystal, I'll let you go from here. All right.
1: So sometimes when I think about learning about power dynamics and learning about group identity, I also like to remind people that we need to stay in nuance and not do black and white, pun not intended. (laughs) But the nuance of okay, I, let's say I'm a black woman, but am I in a position that has more power than a black trans woman does, or a disabled person, or um, you know, am I in the majority dominant group right now? And although I may be a queer white man, I'm still in the dominant group because I'm passing. So, learning about or or Latinx community, hello, let's go there. You know, we have white passing Latinx people. You get to move through the world in a certain way that brown or black Latinx people are not able and afforded to move through the world. So and then also, if you're um, a white Latinx person in Latin America, sometimes you're also getting getting more. Um, privileges because white supremacy has traveled to these other countries and there's colorism now and it's internalized. That's the other thing. Just because I'm a brown woman doesn't mean that I don't have some of that anti-blackness that was just put into me. I was pickled in the juice of white supremacy and it's terrible because it's so hard to get out. But the thing is I'm constantly learning. How does it show up and how do I root that out of me? Learn that. Learn each time it comes up. So when Michelle was saying, Oh, well, you know, you were thinking as a leader in a business, um, people are getting their job list. They really want their jobs, So we don't really have to work too hard to keep them. Well, then now this has happened. And guess what? I'm looking at the companies that are saying something. And I'm also listening to the deafening silence of many organizations. And like Michelle said, we've been having conversation and, and seeing on LinkedIn people sharing their experiences. And it's just not worth it to stay for some in an organization where they're unable to be supported. They're expected to be like robots and just go to work as if we can just leave our personal life at the door, the virtual door now. Because we're living in our workplaces now. Many of us are still working at home. So anyway, there's just a lot of things to learn. And I think that oftentimes we just want to focus on the individual stuff and we should also learn about the systemic um, stuff that happens, because we individually have racism, but it started through systemic um, decisions and laws and policies that then help us help us believe in white supremacy. They don't help us understand that it's a lie, that this is all socially constructed, that these are power dynamics, these are stereotypes that drive our behavior. So learn that stuff. Get in. Dig in. And when you, you have the devil's advocate come up to your mind, think, ah, this is just me not wanting to unlearn that. We want to stay in status quo. It's comfortable there. It's very uncomfortable when we start saying, "I have anti-black black racism, racism in me, and I am pissed, and I don't want this community and this nation or wh- whatever, wherever you are, to do this to children." And like, it's hard enough to get it out of us. So like, let's learn about that. Let's interrupt this racism stuff. It's 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 too much. It's you know, four hundred years too long, or even
0: more than that. So yeah. more than that now. So when we're something I wanted to to keep in mind, um, an ally keeps learning about group and power dynamics. You have seen this week many of your employees, black, especially brown, who have taken time off, who have spoken out as an ally. You are going to in the workplace specifically, you're going to have to show up you're going to see a lot of them, if not most of them, get backlash. They understood the risk of speaking out and speaking up and taking a stand. And when I say backlash, the lies that people are gonna say, well, you you were difficult to work with and you were highly aggressive. You were late to me, like they were on vacation. What are you talking about? Like the blatant things people are going to say that you're like, hold up, and you're going to start learning who is truly living um, in their power, in that in that those power dynamics, and see how it is truly impacting the voices of Black people. So it is like I say, it's it's we were we've said it's learning, and you're going to see it so much in the next few days. It's already started. <laughs> um, People literally took day time off, and people said, "Well, you were rude to me yesterday." They weren't even at work or on calls if they were working from home, and so nobody is like, "What are you talking about?" And so it is already started. So keep learning and going about like what's going on, who's saying what, because you need to stay aware um, again <laughs> of what is happening to your black employees in, in right right about now. For even if they didn't speak out others are speaking out, you're gonna learn there is a price for us pushing anti-racism. Yeah. Um, and and making that change.
1: There is research and studies have shown that If a white person and a black person say the exact same thing in the workplace, they will be received and perceived totally differently. So this is a great place and time for white allies, white passing allies, Latinx allies, anyone who feels that they are aware of their power in this, in wherever their situation is. If you are aware that you have some, amplify it, say it, back them up, say that you agree, Um, put your voice, on the line with them, because in numbers, there is power. Don't leave our black community members standing out there alone and stand next to them, stand in front of them and take it. I've seen some activists, white activists get in front of black activists to be the buffer between them and the police. How can we be the buffer in the workplace? Yes. How, how can we use it? How can we use our power, our position? Absolutely. Ask yourself,
0: I, I'm, I'm thinking about that video and the young black man jumped the fence and the young white girl stood in front of him.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: um this is like this is you you're putting it on the line. Um and so you have to realize what you have to do as an ally, especially right now some of you have been in this space and you're going to see a a tremendous change in what you have to step into when it comes to being an ally right about now and probably for the next few years. So it um, I was talking to my mother, my mother's 73 and she said this reminds her of when Martin was killed. Mm. And she went to HBCU here in South Carolina. If you don't know what HBCU is, I have a great tool for you. It's called Google. <laughs> so that's HBCU. And how they tried to kill her and her classmates. Then they did kill one of her classmates in front of their college. Literally, he was walking. And they ran up on the sidewalk and killed him. She was like, this still feels like the 60s and she is 73. That says a lot about how much we have not progressed since she was 21 and she's now 73. And how the society is set up to have some believe we've progressed so far when we really haven't. Um, The the group and power dynamics are very strong, and that is on purpose. And that really does take you learning what that looks like, where it is stemming from, so that you understand how people perceive it on, on, on so many different levels. So, um, Crystal, Casey, you were talking about um, passing as white, Lena Horn early in her career um, when she was able to do TV and it was black and white, they told her, hey, you can pass for white. She said, no, she refused to. Her career would have been so different had it stayed black and white. We went to color, they might've found mm-hmm. out, right? <laughs> but if she decided to pass for white, what would that have done for her career? But what would that have done for her emotionally? And I've talked to um, Latinx people who are able to pass, but refuse to, or still feel guilt because people assume they aren't Latinx. And there's like, it's a weight that they carry, but they also started to learn how they were able to leverage that to help those who um, were not white. and Because they could get in those spaces. Mm-hmm. and they could make those decisions. Um, so it was really, really interesting to talk to somebody who felt um, guilty because they could pass and the assumptions that people made, um, but they learned how to manage it and use it to really be an ally to their own people. And so it was, it was a fascinating because we don't ever think about it. We think about, oh, you passed, oh, you know, must be nice. But do they feel some guilt, or did they take that opportunity to become an ally to help others who could not pass, who could not get into those spaces to make change? So, um, yes, it, it was a very different conversation that I've never thought about from that perspective um, of an ally who can who can pass. So, yeah. um, and it's a conversation i'm actually having with somebody on my post right now one of my my linkedin posts is about being able to pass so okay so we're going to go to the why we spent a lot of time on the on the on the second l but it was needed so we're going to the why so we talk about the why this is my my favorite one an ally <laughs> says yes to using their power to help break down oppressive Power patterns by engaging in thoughtful, strategic action. Let me back that up. I wanna, I wanna, I want us to really focus on this. And I, ally says yes to using their power to break down oppressive power patterns by engaging in thoughtful. Strategic action. See, you know I'm an engineer. <laughs> um, I'm an engineer, and and that strategic action is really important to me. So what we've seen is, yes, Black Lives Matter, and then Ben and Jerry's like, let me tell you what we about to do. Mm-hmm. They literally came out with four pillars, and and Ben and Jerry's is about this life point-blank period, right? And that period was a T, not a D at the end. It's a T at the end of that. They're about this life, meaning they understood and understand and have for a long time what systematic racism is. So as a, you're, as an ally, you're like, oh my God, Michelle, I can't take it all. I just told somebody, pick one. Which one of those pillars that they presented are you willing to dig into and say yes as an ally. And it may not be a pillar working directly with Ben and Jerry's. So don't get this confused. But that's a pillar you can work on within the organization where you're an ally for Black people. What does that look like? So say yes to that. Like if you don't know where to start, they just make it easy. Go to benandjerrys.com. <laughs> Google Ben and Jerry's statement. Pick a pillar and literally work through what is that strategy? What is that strategic action you're going to take as an ally on that one thing within that organization? So make it, and, and I'm about really getting very specific, being very minute and drilling in because when we're everywhere, we get nothing done because we feel confused and overwhelmed but really drilling one of those pillars down to what you can do instead of the whole world into this one organization, right? And sometimes it's not even one, or it's that one office of an international organization. Like where can you make change for black people?
1: Okay, Crystal. All right, so I wanna point out one thing. The why is last on purpose. Okay, so you gotta get yourself aware, you gotta listen, you need to be comfortable listening and not interrupting and not doing devil's advocate. And then you learn so that you can be thoughtful and strategic in your action. Okay, so when we see these things happening in real time, sometimes we freeze and we don't know what to do and how to respond. Fine, that is information. The next time, I don't wanna freeze, I wanna take action. I wanna stand up for my black co-worker. How can I do that? Think about it, what would I do next time? How could I stand up for them next time? Or follow up with them and say, hey, you know what? I saw what happened and I didn't think it was cool and I froze (laughs) and like, is this something I could be doing next time for you to support you or whatever? I don't know, talk to people, recognize it. So even if you're freezing, say, how could I support black people? What can I do to benefit black people in my organization right now? So before you take action, you can't answer that without learning, without listening, and without being aware. So you cannot answer the how do I support black people if you haven't done your awareness, listening, and learning work. You just can't. It won't be strategic. It won't be um, thoughtful. It'll just be reactive. Yes, we're mad, and yes, we're enraged, but, then what? It's just a flash in the pan, boom. Let's build that solid foundation through awareness, listening, and learning, and then we take action, finally. So that's the one thing I want to say, that it's like, yes, we all want to take action, but be aware, listen, and learn. So go to those websites, go to Black Lives Matter, go to Freedom Fund and understand why we need to put so much money into bail bonds. Like, go figure out why... Why do some people not have health insurance in my company and I do? Why do I get mental health days and they don't? And yet I'm in the dominant group and they're in the marginalized group. They're the ones being oppressed more. So once you have that awareness, you're like, wait a second. Our essential workers are actually uh, getting a death sentence right now. With that awareness, you're gonna start listening. What would help you? What uh, Learning around like, when has this happened before? What are organizers doing that have been doing this work for decades? You know, just because we get upset, sometimes we feel like I have to take action. And then we go and build something new and do something new and just make uh, ourselves feel better. But at the end of the day, what and how is that benefiting our black community? Don't know, because I didn't listen, I didn't learn. But if I did, then now I'm connecting with people. It's not just me alone, but I'm with a group and we have power and we can make real change and move beyond just inter, racism at the individual level and start breaking it down, the systemic racism. So that's why why is last. That's why action is last, not because all the other ones are action as well. But awareness, listening and learning, those are all active. Awareness is questioning yourself, looking at yourself, put the mirror up. Listening is action because you are asking someone and then you are asking them to reflect back what you think you heard so that you can cement it in your brain and understand it from their point of view. You're learning, that is active. That's taking the two minutes to read the Twitter thread of a black woman sharing her experience in the workplace. And then say yes, say yes to those things.
0: Absolutely. I did. I don't know if if you get my my. Uh, I don't send out emails often. I did during the pandemic. That was, of course, to support the positive hire community. But I literally shared my story of living in St. Louis when Mike Brown was killed, and my then employer's response was, "Be safe. They're protesting. Not understanding the danger I face as a Black woman every single day." every single moment. So it is truly important um, to understand the role of an ally um, in that awareness and being strategic in your action because it impacts us a lot of times before it impacts you so the action you take they may not take it against you just from power dynamics they will take it against us so it is truly important that as an ally you understand that you have to be strategic in those movements you make because you are truly working to dismantle racism um we have a few comments in here and i and i don't want to ignore them i know it is not a It's a timely topic but it is also a heavy topic if you are looking to like what are y'all talking through what are you talking about we put together like a quick sheet of like what is an ally um a-l-l-y so you understand what that is on a more um a, a simple term so absolutely companies um one of the comments absolutely if companies aren't speaking up now they're doing a huge disservice to their team and their culture. Well, I don't know if it's a disservice to their culture because their culture, it speaks to their culture. Um, so we- They're upholding it, their culture by being silent. So they, they're just showing their culture. Yes. silence, so that's exactly. how they respond. And, and some have made statements to their, internally to their orgs. They never mention black, blackness, Murder, Black Lives Matter. It is, we are all feeling this. You don't feel what I feel. So it so when they remove, they completely erase Black from the entire message. That is how you know they do not get it. And their employees are sitting like, well, I already knew it but you just proved it, you have no clue what's really going on. And they're looking at these messages going, you know what? Michelle, um, you have anybody looking for a software engineer, a civil engineer, a structural engineer, a mechanical engineer, whatever, because they are on their way out the door. You literally prove that the systematic racism is so deep in that organization, you will not say black. And and not only that, the people who are not black and who are not allies are now waking up and like they didn't say black one one word. So, okay. Um, one of the other comments was, um, yes, I have so many good friends who are who organizations have not have not even taken the time to address the injustices we've witnessed on television. Um, I'll, I'll say this. We looked at the timeline in which employers said something. Ben and Jerry's was not the first. Theirs was the most strategic response that was the first. And so coming out of construction, it's like, we always get bids, but what is the most responsive bid? I know I like, I always have these, these off the wall comparisons, <laughs> but what was the most strategic response, right? So people are looking at who responded, what timeline, what percentage, how many employees they have, what percentage are black, what percentage of their employee, their employees that are black are in management, um, in, in, in um, upper management, in C-suite and on boards people are running that data trust me they are looking hard and so you are being scrutinized whether you say something or not and you're also being scrutinized on how you say it so some of you are like oh we don't have to say this oh yes you do And it is even to the better, your betterment to say, I was wrong when somebody came and told me this, than it is to say, we're all feeling this and completely erase blackness out of your message to your employee base. All right, um, from a corporate standpoint, I don't understand how affinity groups based on race help build allies. I need to understand that perspective. Um, it really varies per organization Um, and you have affinity groups and you have employee resource groups affinity groups if they are aligned if the if the organization is set up to take in the feedback from the affinity groups to make change meaning there is an the sponsor for that affinity group literally has power and influence in our organization to make change, then it works. When a sponsor only shows up for that keynote event for Black History Month event, then you probably have the wrong sponsor. They are not speaking out and they are not making change in the organization. So it is truly important to understand If you have a sponsor or a sponsor who is an ally that is truly going to use their power and influence to make change within that organization so sometimes it the person that really drove it retired died quit went moved on whatever and and things change over time. So it really depends also how long that affinity group is and whether you need to come back in and say, Hey, this is what we need to be doing. Now. This was started 30 years ago, 20 years ago in the nineties, whatever in the eighties, this is what we need to be doing now. Okay. Um, next and last comment we have. Yeah, that is very true. It's a great indication of culture. If they aren't speaking up, my company's speaking up and taking action and I'm grateful to be here. Yes. That's what I love. (laughs) Um, I actually have a friend who spoke up in an organization to C-Suite. It's an international organization. She's Latina. She was like, the messaging you sent does not address what is really going on. Um, And there is a power struggle between the U.S. and the international office. The international office will not respond. The US office is like, we need to be saying X, Y, Z. And she said, you know what? You can keep this, I quit. Literally. She's like, the international office would not respond. She's like, I do not work for an organization, nor will I work for an organization that will not address black lives and what they're doing. She's Latinx, she's Latina. She said, I refuse. She's like, because if we aren't standing here now as an international organization, because we should be addressing anti-blackness in the Latinx community. What does this really say about the organization? This is not an organization I can take a paycheck from. And she quit. Um, and she is OK with that. And so you have allies that are going to come in and say, you know what? This is not the place. They are not looking to make change. And you may find that an ally you had um, for your affinity group that was using their power and influence left because their power influence was not as powerful and influential as they thought it was because the systematic racism was so strong um, and they may have been the only one in that room at that table pushing it. So, all right, Crystal, I know I, I talked through that. So, <laughs> it's all I, I'll, good. I'll go.
1: um, I would just like to say one thing, um, as far as communications, I think a lot about um, communications through the lens of change management and crisis communication. And I think that all leaders need to be thinking about this as a crisis, just like you were thinking about it uh, as a crisis during COVID coming and arising in our community. I couldn't stop, I couldn't get through my inbox because there were so many organizations talking about COVID. Yeah. I want to feel that same response from organizations in my inbox and I'm not feeling it. I'm not overwhelmed by it. A lot of the folks I do follow obviously are in the space that I work in and diversity and inclusion. So yes, of course I heard from them. But I mean, COVID-19, I didn't even realize some people had me on their email list. I hadn't heard from them in years. I was like, oops, this is great. This is helpful because I can unsubscribe. But the thing is, where, where, where is this overwhelming emails coming from yep. for the crisis that we are currently in, which is disproportionate murder of black lives at the hands of police? That is what we are in the crisis of, that we have been in the crisis of for a long time. And protesters are basically making it so that we cannot look away. Thank you, protesters. But just because protesters are making us not look away doesn't mean that we don't just keep looking and then just say, oh, that's a shame. Take action. And silence, if you mess up, you know, what's worse than messing up is not taking responsibility for the mess up and saying, I'm sorry, what's worse than not messing up is being silent. So when you mess up, it's more important how you respond to the oops than the oops. As long as you say, look, I tried, I'm willing to learn. I'm oops, that caused you harm. I'm going to educate myself and we're gonna do better. And that is in te- in the tech space, we talk about lean and agile model. We build, test, learn, we fail forward. We'll fail forward with this. Fail forward be- with being an anti-racist. That's my challenge.
0: Oh, I love that. Okay, so we're gonna wrap it up there. We will be back next week, Thursday, talking about more about being an ally, allyship. Definitely um, comment here with questions, things you want to know about being an ally. Get the free download on so you understand more of what we're saying when it comes to A-L-L-Y. And it'll help you kind of figure out where you are as far as being an ally, where you're falling short where you can be improved and where you're doing well, right? Because we use like, okay, I'm at the A part, that is great. Okay, and now you know, well, where are you in the A and where can you go to the next L, right? You wanna jump from the A to the Y and we're like, hold up now, we appreciate that, we appreciate your enthusiasm, but let's go through the process. And it it's really important that you go through the process and you understand what you're about to undertake. Not to scare you away, but it's not going to be a linear, like, hey, you're going to go straight up and do well. We wish it were that easy. There are are high points and there are low points. There will be days it will feel like this is great. This isn't as difficult. And every day it's going to be hard as hell. And you're wondering how you are going to get through it. But as an ally, think about it. You had one bad day. Think about the struggle we as Black people go through every single day, every single hour, every single moment. And that is something different. When you're in your home and you're safe, we aren't really safe. We've we've seen that. You can be shot through your window of your home by the police and it's justified. We thought it was a burglary and never have identified themselves as the police. Assuming we could hear through a closed window. Right? So... It, it is, you're 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 taking on something and we appreciate it, but we want you to go through the process and understand what that is. All right, so we will be back next week, Thursday, 1 p.m. East Coast time over her time. It's, it's 11 and that's 11 a.m. Um, mountain time. So come join us. We love to have you. And if, get the download, we'll also have this video available on positivehireco forward slash blog as well, um, starting on Monday. Everybody, Take care. Do what's best for your mental, physical, and emotional health. We have work to do.
1: That's right. Thank you. Right.
0: You welcome bye everybody.